Welcome to Ellas, a bi-weekly podcast made by Latinas for Latinas. I talk with talented, inspiring, and empowering women that are living their dreams and making a path for the next generation. I'm Brenda hernandez Caimes, and this is Ellas. Welcome back. I'm so happy that you're here with me for another episode. Today, I have an inspiring mujer and chingona Latina entrepreneur, Karina Martinez, who is the founder and owner of Havana Creative, a boutique PR and branding agency based out of downtown Long Beach. After having worked for some of the largest household beauty and lifestyle brands, Karina saw a huge need for a new type of creative agency, one that catered to micro and local businesses. Her passion for building brands stems far before any formal education or work experience. Having been raised by immigrant parents and being adopted from Latin America, she has always dreamed of building a business that reached greater heights than she alone ever could. Karina's hopes are to utilize the Vanna Creative platform to empower minority business owners by providing small entrepreneurial scholarships and mentorship programs for Long Beach-based businesses. And since September of 2019, Karina was named president-elect at the American Marketing Association to help marketing and sales professionals discover what's coming next in the industry. Please welcome Karina Martinez. Hi, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm really excited that I'm here. I've been a big fan of AES for a while. I've listened to the story, so I'm excited to contribute and, um, you know, create this, move this needle forward. Thank you. And I've been following you for some time in social media, actually, and I've admired your work. And again, I have to congratulate you for recently being nominated president-elect at the Marketing Association. That must have been amazing. And it's such, like, I I believe we're the same age. We're both 26. Is that correct? And just seeing young women just accomplish it. those types of goals are amazing. Well, thank you. It was really unexpected. Um, I've been a part of the American Marketing Association for a little bit and was looking for ways to get involved and um, just really, you know, put my best foot forward. And when the opportunity presented itself, um, I think really similarly to the reason why I started my business, I want more Latinas. I want more queer people. I want more immigrants to be represented. So I found that this would be a great opportunity for me to be that voice so that other Latinas and other people from my community could be the same and follow suit. Amazing. So as you already know, because you listen to Ellas, I always like to start by asking my guest to describe themselves because, you know, many people assume certain, impose certain ideas when they meet us. So if you can describe who you are as a person, as Karina, and to, for our listeners to learn about you more. Yeah. That's a really good question. I think a couple of things. I think that I've learned that I am very much an extrovert, almost to its definition, where I get my energy, I get my purpose through being with people. Kind of opposite of that, I'm very introspective and I spend a lot of time internally analyzing things, thinking of things. And so it's kind of this interesting balance where I love people, but I don't always love being around them. And I'm sometimes in my own head even when I'm with people, but I don't like to be alone. Um, I'm really silly. I would say I'm a pretty warm person. I love to laugh. It's probably like my, my favorite hobby, if you will. Um, I care a lot about the environment. I make a lot of, I try to make the best decisions towards the environment. I care a lot about my family. Yeah. I think, I think being a business owner has taught me how much 
how passionate I am about things, and that's something that's really important to me is finding a few things that you love and really honing in on them. And I love the outdoors. I'm a really big big into sports. So yeah, that's kind of a, a little bit about me. Thank you. And I really love that you have that balance of like being an extrovert, but loving to be inside your head because I feel like I'm like that the same way. Yeah. I love being with people, that, but I also enjoy that time alone. Yeah. And I think because you're in marketing, it must be great working with so many small businesses, but at the same time, like going in and doing your work and like helping them out while them obviously not being surrounded by them 24 seven, but like, yeah, balance that out. I feel like that's what you do. Definitely. And I think that's a really good way to put, like, that's kind of what my day looks like. So my days are long Mm -hmm. being a business owner. That's just kind of what comes with the territory. But I get up every morning between 445 and 515. And I'm usually in the office unless like, unless something happens, I'm usually at my desk somewhere between 615 and 630. And I don't, and I go in there, I'm not really productive that first hour and a half, but I go in there to just kind of be with myself, make my coffee, read the news, tackle anything that maybe is super urgent. But having like that hour to hour and a half before emails start flooding, before my team starts to get there, before mm-hmm. things are starting to be needing to turn be turned in. So that's kind of a really good balance because the first little bit of my day is always like by itself, kind of with my thoughts, like if, you know, say a morning prayer and then we'll go into the day and be really like, in meetings and with people. And so that, that balance is super important to me, even on a day-to-day basis. Wow. So I think what you just said right now, that's so great advice for Latinas who are you know interested in being opening up their own businesses. Cause I've heard a lot of um, entrepreneurs like having those one, two hours before the day starts to being with themselves yeah. and just take on the day with like a clear mindset of what they need to do yeah no it it's it's huge it helps me every day it helps me kind of either again just be with myself knowing that i'm going to have a long day ahead ahead of me or it helps me plan out my to-do list um i i always say that as entrepreneurs and even i should listen to my own advice sometimes i always say this entrepreneurs especially micro entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. we are the machine and so if we're not operating if we're not operating at our best then our business is not going to operate at its best And if we are not taking care of ourselves, if we're sick, if we are not putting ourselves first sometimes, then it's really easy for the business to dismantle because you're the one leading the machine. And it's like you would a really nice car or a really nice object or something that you own. You'd clean it. You'd polish it. You would take it to get serviced. So making sure that you're doing all of that is incredibly important to succeed and to just have that balance. Wow, you just hit your words hit my heart right now because as our listeners don't know, but you know, we were scheduled to do this this interview like two weeks before, yeah. but I got really sick. And it's so true. Like if we're not focusing on taking care of ourselves, yeah. our projects, our businesses, our work goes sideways and then at the end of the day we can't deliver at our hundred bet like yeah. percent if we're, you know, yeah. not Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. When you, when you own your own business, it's you. And if you're, again, like I said, if you're not operating at your best and I think kind of going to that, another really good point would be to making sure that you know when to say no and know that not every project is worth bending over backwards. And that like, especially when you're a solo entrepreneur, the, your biggest resource, your biggest asset that you have is your time. And so there's only, like there's a finite amount of time that you have. There's an infinite amount of money that you can make. There's an infinite amount of clients that you could pursue or, or whatever that looks like. 
but there's only a finite amount of time as a human being that mm-hmm. you have. So making sure that that time reflects your goals is imperative to your success. And that's something that I've found. Did you struggle before, before oh. saying no? Oh, I struggle every day. I struggle every day with it and I preach on it, which is really ironic. And any of my family and my friends who will listen to this will probably laugh when I'm, <laughs> as I'm speaking about this, because I, 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 again, going back, I'm really passionate. So sometimes it's hard for me to say no. And so looking at it from a critical perspective and looking at it and seeing like what's worth chasing. Is it this client that's going to get you a lot of money? Mm-hmm. Is it this maybe free opportunity that might not get you money, but might get you the resources or the network or, you know, can you take on 13 clients or can you take on this big project? Mm-hmm. Do you have the capacity? And sometimes saying no is really hard. Yeah. But knowing when to say no and when to say yes is just something that you learn throughout time. Yeah. That's good to know because it's, I think for like mostly I feel Latinas, entrepreneurs, and even like every normal day people, yeah. right? It's really hard to say no. And when you're, when we're all like, I think buried in that work and that stress, you're like, why didn't I say no? Like yeah. that's like little, it's hitting your head and your heart. You're like, you want to say no, but because you want to, you know, help them out or just be a good person. Yeah. It's hard to, no, that's definitely been a struggle and it's still is a struggle every day. Cause there's, I work with primarily small mm-hmm. businesses. So either they have, sometimes they have zero to no budget and you know that they need the help And so sometimes you want to say yes, you want to help them, but then you think like, okay, how is this going to help me? But also now that I have a team Mm -hmm. that I pay, is it, is this going to help my business succeed if I'm taking on a bunch of free clients or doing a lot of Mm -hmm. free work? Because I still at the end of the day have to pay the people that come to work for me as well. Yeah. And so that's difficult. And so I think just learning to have a balance, like knowing that there's some projects that are really big and will make you, you know, will kind of offset that. And then having a couple of projects that are either sponsoring or taking on a lower budget so that it equates the right amount of money that you need to have to operate and be profitable. Because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, as much as I love to call what we do purpose driven and like really creating a community, we're still a business. We still have to make profit. We still have to work towards making money to be able to pay our vendors to pay my team and to like survive yes and i think you mentioned something really important it's not only not only about you and helping other micro businesses but it's about your team yeah and you being the leader of your team you have to look out for them right and i think this is something that i really want to focus on AES right now because you know these women that are starting their own businesses or teams and they're maybe now hiring their assistant and, mm-hmm. you know, their social media person, graphic mm-hmm. designer, whatever. And it's like the first time they're managing a team. Yeah. Can you share with me the first struggles, maybe little obstacles that you faced? Have Is it the first time you've managed a team? Um, well, in college, I was a manager. I worked retail. So I, I was a, a, a lead at, at Dick's Sporting Goods. So I had a small team of cashiers. And then when I went to Target, I had a team of about 30 mm-hmm. cashiers. But of course, this is my first own and operated yeah. team. And that's very different when you're playing with your own money and your own reputation. So in that sense, yeah, it is. So I want, let's, let's go back a bit because I think for our listeners to learn more, I, I, I love this conversation that sure. we, it's, it's been flowing really nice and I love it. Great. But I want to learn that love and interest that you had okay. 
of helping micro businesses because I think this ties in with being a leader of your team, helping micro businesses. When did that love start of you helping other people? Oh my gosh. I think that I've always twofold. So I've always loved Mm -hmm. people. I've always wanted to do something that, that made the world a better place. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think that just is innate in me. And I think like I make a joke, but I really think that I've been an entrepreneur since the time I was like seven or eight years old. And when I was little, I had a nanny and I tried to convince her to open up a taqueria with me. I was like, forget this lemonade stand, like those 50 cents, like we could make three times as much if we made, if we sold dollar fifty tacos. And I made this flyer on like Microsoft paint or one of those and so I think ever since then, I've always just kind of had the idea that I wanted to be my own boss or run something. But fast forward, I'm in, you know, I'm working, I work in marketing. I, it's, it's really funny because I actually have a degree in political science and I double majored in PR and really kind of just for fun. I called it my fun mm-hmm. major. And so I never really took it seriously. I never really took any of those classes. Like I was like, oh, this is this is silly. Like yeah. I'm over here learning about the Constitution, and you guys are writing yeah. press releases. But fast forward, and I'm you know 24, and I'm working at a decent sized PR agency, which is so really funny to me. And what I loved, it was one of those moments where I loved the work, but not the job. Mm-hmm. I loved being able to come to work, be creative, come up with concepts, solve problems in a way that was fun. But I, all of the clients that we work with, and I won't name them, but were mostly household, really, you know, Fortune 500 businesses. And it was fun because we had a lot of money to play with. But I just remember sitting there and I had this moment where I like looked out the window, almost like a, like a weird movie. Mm-hmm. And I thought like, man, like what if this agency existed for businesses that actually needed it, like that actually could use the help. And that's kind of where it all came together for me. My political science background was in hopes to be able to write policy to change people. And so then that that didn't work out. And so I went into marketing to be creative. And I was like, there has to be some sort of hybrid. And if there isn't, then I'm going to make it. And I think that everything good starts by that. You know, it's something that isn't there. Instead of complaining about it, we create it. Correct. Yeah. And I love that. I love that. Thanks. So it must have been scary at 24. You know, obviously that was like a, a little thought that crossed your mind, right? But then it started growing, you know. Yeah. So was it scary to take that leap and start like opening up your own business and doing everything? Like, because it's not only about the idea and the passion, you know, it's those obstacles of like, learning i guess going to and i might say this wrong but like government offices and like yeah. asking what the requirements and stuff like that so can can we talk about that like sure. the first the years in the process and steps that you took sure it was pretty scrappy it was by no means and it's so funny because now i work with businesses and i'm like you have to have a business plan and i didn't even have a business plan <laughs> and i don't even know that i really do you know don't tell anybody I'm just kidding. Well, but, we'll edit this out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But no, it, it was honestly like terrifying. And, uh, you know, we or I at that point after I left that agency, I think I had had three jobs in like probably about a year or a mm-hmm. year or a little over a year. And I was just exhausted of taking jobs just to add to my resume that I would go to and then I would hate. Yeah. And really, I never don't think I ever 
left that job saying I'm going to do something on my own. I think maybe I thought about it. And so when I left, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a second. I've always been an overachiever. I mean, not, I'm not always. I've I, Ever since I started working, I've always been kind of an overachiever. Mm-hmm. always wanted to learn more. And so even when I was at the agency, I was taking on little freelance clients. Just like we, I think I helped like a local liquor store and had like a little ceviche company that, that I would do stuff for. And so I was like, look, if I can make this amount of money, which wasn't a lot, but it was very little and it was, it was very little work and it was a big impact for Mm -hmm. them. And so then I just started to kind of get one more freelance client and then one more freelance client. And then I was like, well, if I get a job, I don't want to let these people down. This is fun. I'm having a good time. And so then it kind of just grew from there. It grew from one freelance to another to another. And then I was like, this is a lot of fun. And so I started to learn. I started to... I, I always came at it, even from now, even now when I listen, take on a new client, I always come at it at a point from learning. Like, so I took on tons of coffee dates of, for, with photographers, mm-hmm. videographers, web designers, whomever I thought could have some sort of insight, business owners, coffee owners, anybody who would listen to me. I, I sat and I just kind of, I kind of just took in information yeah. for a while, but I mean, I'm very lucky and I'm very privileged in the sense that I live with my grandparents. So I don't have rent. My, my parents own micro businesses and now own their own business. So I come from entrepreneur families who are used to taking that creative leap, if you will. And, you know, I, I, I was empowered by them. I have a lot of support. I have a lot of love. I have people who are in my corner. Yeah. And so while it, I always say this, while it looks like Karina's doing it, she's championing it. She's, she's rocking it. I can't say it without the privilege of my family, yeah. the privilege of being educated, the privilege of having that family and that support. I wouldn't have been able to do it. Like if I had had rent or if I had done, I had all these other things or even, you know, student loans, my parents paid for my school. Like that's not something I have to worry about. And so while again, like while I sit here and I, and I'm very proud of the things that I've accomplished, I can't say it without also like pointing that out that I've yeah. had a lot of help and I'm so grateful for that. Cause I wouldn't be here without yeah. them. I think I I've my own family is like that. If we have, I have that support of my parents, my family, and yeah. I, f- I know where you're coming from. So it's, I feel like not only is it when you accomplish something, not only do you feel proud, but I feel like your parents, your grandparents feel proud of yeah. you. It's a community effort for sure. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I think I'm not a parent yet, but if I ever had a child in later, I would love to like yeah. give back to them the same way my parents gave back to me. Yeah. Because I think helping as a community, as a family, that's the only way we can grow and like move that needle and Absolutely. just, just grow. Yeah. Right. And you be at the same level as the people that have the power yeah, in this absolutely, country. Absolutely. So we know, well, I know, because we talked early, a month, a month earlier about this, Havana Creative. Correct. Let's talk about the history okay. of choosing that name Yeah. to our listeners. Sure. Your, your parents are entrepreneurs, micro-business owners, yep. you know, and so if you have that history. Correct. And as we mentioned in our talk earlier, a lot of your, you know, childhood has interlaced in this agency. So Correct. let's talk about that. How... Because it must have been, I don't know, for me, it's easy to think about names, right? But I think for like other entrepreneurs, it must be hard Yeah, creating that business plan, creating, yeah. you know, the mission, the values. Yeah. So when was that moment? Did it come in your mind when you sat down or was it like? 
No, I guess so. The, the history of this, and I don't remember if I shared this with you when we first chatted, but the history is that when I first left my job, I actually had a business partner. We worked together for a few months, and it became apparent that it just wasn't the right partnership, and mm-hmm. that's okay. And these are things that we learn in business. Yeah. Again, making sure that we know when to say yes and when know when to listen to our mm-hmm. gut to say no, and that was one of those moments. But when that was when that partnership dissolved, I had had a lot of the bones and the structure of the business, and so I had actually lost the name that I had used because she mm-hmm. had helped design it, she had helped yeah. create it, and so. I remember we scrambled. Like, I remember going to my mom's house and I was like, okay, what do I do? Like, I'm not going to let this dream die just because yeah. I don't have a partner anymore. And, you know, coming from the, the idea that like marketing and, and branding and I, so I kind of just sat and I was like, what do I want this to be? And how do I want to make this like moving forward mm-hmm. be? And I don't, I don't remember the aha moment, but I remember just thinking, and it's so funny because it's something that I do with my clients now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, think about your why. Think about your story. Yeah. Think about what name or even the color palettes. How does that touch all of your your target audience and who you want to be? And so I kind of did this exercise on my own. And I remember thinking, going back, my, my history is my, my dad owned a joyeria at the swap meet. Mm-hmm. My, uh, my grandparents made clothes in their garage, and my great-grandparents would go door-to-door selling that clothes yeah. and selling anything that they could, a very immigrant mentality. And so that's what I grew up on, and so those are the people that I wanted to help. And I kept thinking, okay how can I tell that story in a really um, subtle way? Mm-hmm. And so the name Havana comes from... Havana, which is the capital of Cuba, where my parents were born, and in Spanish, as you know, you don't you don't pronounce the H, so technically it's Havana Creative, mm-hmm. and that's the whole mission of it is to pay homage to them and to help people like them and to build communities through small businesses like the ones that my family started. That's so beautiful because it's I feel so genuine and so trusting nowadays so many marketing agencies and i'm not calling them out or anything but i feel like right now it's like oh i'm gonna get this business and i'm gonna have them for years right Mm -hmm. but i love that you provide the tools you guide them Mm -hmm. and then once they're ready to take on their own marketing yeah you stick take a step back and you help other micro businesses correct yeah it's so funny because i feel like i almost digressed like Mm -hmm. i went from working with like top household Mm -hmm. names to now working with the, some some literally an at home based bakery is one of the, one of my clients that I help and it's really funny because I think that people work opposite they're like I'm gonna work with the little bakery and then I'm gonna work with the restaurant that has two locations and then mm-hmm. I'm gonna work with you know a mic a regional chain and then I'm gonna work for a big company and that's usually the yeah. ladder that people go as they start small and and build and build and build until they become CMO of, of X business or CEO of X business and that's a wonderful ambition yeah. and that. that no shame to anybody but it's almost like i did that now i'm like okay this mm-hmm. is the people that really need it and it's so cool because when i do my job right one like it's i see a direct impact for example we had um, a client the other day get a shout out on the la times and that was so cool yeah. thank you and it was great because i saw all of the other places that were named in that shout out and i know that they are represented by some of the bigger agencies mm-hmm. And this, and that pay three, four times what my client is paying, and I, and it's so cool to see that my client, who's small, starting up, could afford our services and could compete with the same people, 
that have a way larger budget and a way larger history and are still in the same shout out list. And I thought that was like, that's the stuff that I live for. And that's the stuff that makes it all worth it at the end. Oh my gosh. This really excites me. Like (laughs) this really brings happy tears to my, my hearing these stories of like, it's, you know, you're being you, you know, you're helping micro businesses and just, you know, not abusing that ability and, strength that you have as a agency yeah and then good results are coming out of yeah. this i think definitely in our digital age i think that a lot of people want to have the fancy you know mm-hmm. like I, we read it all the time like startup has been around for six months and they have they did a vc funding of 25 million dollars and now they do this and now they have that and that's great but that's not the ecosystem mm-hmm. that every business lives in and I'm that's not that's not who I want to be and that's not what the businesses that I want to work with and so it's it's great to kind of have a really personal relationship with my clients like I go to their birthday parties and I like know about their kids and they send me photos of their kids doing things and it's it's just a really different and it all goes back to just like the idea and that small businesses build communities which make our world a better place in my belief so Havana Creative has been a year. Yeah, it'll be a year. Actually, the eighteenth. So in of, like, of yeah, February, is that like ten days from now? Wow. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Well, yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. And it's going to be a year. Can we share about the highlights? You know, let's talk about those successes of the okay. first year because it's you know we you mentioned them. Yeah. And those are great, but let's talk about more of like the biggest wins <laughs> that we've had because it's good to talk about that. Sure. That's so funny because I'm not great at talking about wins. I would say that I mean, the one I just mentioned is great. I think another one that I was really proud of was we helped a local pie shop pretty early on. It was like maybe six weeks into being mm-hmm. on my own. And I remember thinking like, can I do this? Did I just take somebody's money and have no idea what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Am I just like shooting for the best? I think as entrepreneurs, we are, we understand what we're good at, but we also kind of hope that it all yeah. works out at the end too, especially when we're a service-based business, especially when I was new and it was like, I don't really know if I can actually do this. And so we helped a local pie shop for pie day to get a lot of press hits mm-hmm. and stuff. And, and I remember just that whole week just scrambling, like if I don't know, how I'm going to do this. Like, and before I knew it, like KTLA was covering them and they were on like some Fox write up and then they were local. And I, you know, the day went by and it was a great day. And I was actually getting on a plane to go to New York for a work thing. And, and the owner texted me, it was about 11 o'clock at night. And she said something along the lines, like, I, I just want to let you know that our pie day sales from this year went up like 66% from last year. And the only thing I did different was hire you. So thank you. And that like, was it, I was like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. And I got on that plane and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not just faking it to make it like yeah. I can actually do this. So that was one of the best moments. And I like, think about that. And I think that we all kind of we forget as small businesses to celebrate the small wins because we're so in it every day. And because we're so, I think as business owners, we're so critical because we want to be better. We want to be wiser. We want to make more Mm -hmm. money. We want to create bigger impact, whatever our goal is that we forget to take a step back and be like, okay, I did that and I can do more. Yeah. So when you mentioned of like doubting yourself, that imposter syndrome of like creeping in you, because 
you've had the experience of working with big brands before, yeah. you know, who has bigger budget. And then a pie company doubt, makes you doubt about your abilities and your strengths. How do you battle that? You know, because imposter syndrome, I feel it never goes away. No. It never goes away. No. Like, how do you just go on? And because you're reminded that you're good at what you do, but do you do anything else? Like in those, you know, one hour mornings before the day <laughs> begins? Yeah. I think I face imposter syndrome three times a day. Like I could be on a great high and like get this and get that. And then one client emails me questioning something and I'm like, that's it. I got to go in indeed. I got to get a job or so something happens mm-hmm. or you're just like, gosh, I've been working on this and I can't figure it out. I must not be good enough. But I, I started doing something that's really subtle is I started on the, on the board of my, of my office. Mm-hmm. I put something that says this week's wins. And it's, even if it's something simple, like if we got a big hit or I got a new client or somebody said something nice. And so I just like, I just write it on the board and, and my team is welcome to do so too. Whenever they get like a great, a great project accomplished mm-hmm. or do something we write, like these are the week, the wins of the weeks. And so I, that helps a lot to just kind of look at it. I have a, like I said, I have a great support system and I don't know, I guess I just kind of, I take a moment and I try to be like, be unbiased and say, okay, like what, what is it that's getting me down? Is it just a weird day? Is it, is this something that I can fix? And so in those moments, I just, I usually like call my support system and I like ask them, okay, like this is going on. How do I handle it? And also just kind of taking a step back and be like, I've gotten this far. I can continue. Yeah. And being unbiased of yourself is also, I think, something important and element of being unbiased in terms with your team. Obviously, recognizing their wins, yeah. recognizing, and I hope we can talk about this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, being a leader is also being trying to be like out of taking, being out of maybe the work drama. And being unbiased and knowing who is doing the work, who is not, who needs to, you know, pick up or recognize the team. Because how big is your team? It varies anywhere between like three to five, depending on the project. So these five people have different personalities, different ways of being, you know, motivated. and, And, you know, so how do you, as a leader, you know, deal with that and like, make them feel recognized and that they're doing their job you know, yeah. great. That's a really good question. And that's something I still figure out. I'm still trying to figure mm-hmm. out is how do you motivate people and how do you replicate yourself? Those are two questions mm-hmm. that I ask myself all the time because you want to hire people that can do the job almost like essentially as good as you can. And so that it doesn't look like, Oh, this is somebody that you hired is doing mm-hmm. it. And then also how do you motivate someone to care? I think like my approach is I, I try to, I'm very transparent. I'm very honest. And I'm, 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 I always say like, look, I'm a startup and this is what I can offer you. And what, and what I offer them is just a lot of support in their career. And that's really what I can do Mm -hmm. the most of right now. And so I always tell them like, I want you, whether you work for me for a week or a year or 10 years or however long, like I want you to leave with something that will help you grow. And so I help, I put them on projects that either they love or either that they want to learn. Mm -hmm. And I help them create some sort of portfolio, like whether it's an intern or one of my paid employees, I provide them 
the tools to be able to leave with something if they don't stay here because nothing is worse than leaving a job and saying like oh it's on my resume but i don't know what i did um and so i always try to empower them to make decisions and i and i think the hardest part is everybody like you said everyone is different so how as a leader can you motivate someone to do the job well Mm -hmm. And to be honest, like, that's something I'm still figuring out is yeah. trying to understand different people's personalities and getting to know them. And I'm just, again, I'm very transparent. Like, this is this is a situation. Like, it's something you can handle. I try to kind of leave from behind and let them fail on their own. And I mm-hmm. say, like, look, nothing that you can do is going to end the world. So do your best. And if, it, and if it doesn't work out, then we'll figure it out. Yeah. But learn. Like, that's the best way to grow is to learn. And the best way to learn is to fail. And mm. I, like, encourage my team to fail because that's how you really make, like, better decisions going yeah. forward. And I think that um, a lot of employers are afraid to let their team fail because it's going to make them look bad. Yeah. But I think, like, that's how you make better marketers, better business people is to teach them, give them the tools, but give them the freedom to also make be do something that they're proud of yeah very well said and i love that you're being transparent with us today and let's now be transparent with you about you know it's been a year yeah and obviously there's wins but there's also lows yeah and mistakes yeah so can we talk about those mistakes Sure. because i feel like many of our listeners can learn from those mistakes and like you said those mistakes make you grow and be better Whew. We have like hour. How many hours do we have for this? <laughs> we have an hour. That's I'm just kidding. Time I'm that just you... kidding. Um, God, there there's so many mistakes, and every day there's a different mistake. Mm-hmm. I think um, the biggest one, or the biggest thing, I always say is you don't know what you don't know, and that's could be the best thing ever, mm-hmm. and it could be the worst thing ever. You run into problems that you don't know how to solve, and I think as business owners there's a sense of confidence and even sometimes like cockiness that we have. Mm-hmm. Like we own our own business because we could, we can do it and yeah. we think we're invincible. Like we didn't, we don't own a business because we're like quiet and shy and like, you know, sit in the court. We no, we like own it. And yeah. so there's a sense of like almost like cockiness to it a little bit that can sometimes get in the way. And I think that's been difficult for me mm-hmm. sometimes like is asking for help, especially in a service-based business where you are hired to do a job really well and because you're an expert or a professional in that. And sometimes it's hard to be like, I have no idea what they're talking about. And you can't show that to the client. And so you overpromise instead of saying, going back to saying no. And I think that I also forget to ask for help. Like Mm -hmm. I have all this stuff going on. I have no idea what it is. And I just sit there and I try to solve it instead of, asking somebody who's already done this and that's something that i'm getting better at because there's been tons of times where i've taken on a project that i thought i could handle and i took somebody's money because i really thought that i could do it and i didn't and that's always the hardest part like i said i work with a lot of small businesses Mm -hmm. and i never want to take anybody's money and and most and almost every single time i've given it back and that was a hard lesson to learn because it took a lot of time one try it took almost more time trying to take on a client that uh, for a product yeah. that I wasn't good at because I'm working twice as hard to learn and to and to be successful at it and that's time taken away from the projects that I am good at and and then I lose money because I give it back to them and so that's now something that I've you know taken a step back on like okay what are 
the services that I provide that I'm good at and what are the types of clients that I could actually provide and what industries am I good at and what industries do I have connections at? And so I think there's a lot of lessons in that. Like one, like asking for help and two, saying no. And three, like being good at two or three things is way better than being okay at eight yeah or however many and so i think those are the biggest things and this is a sensitive topic but finances i think that we as business owners forget that that's a big part of our business is balancing our books paying our taxes making sure that our cash flow is right especially in a service-based business it's not transactional i don't own a coffee shop or a boot or a clothing store where every time somebody gets something they pay me right then and there and because i also work with a lot of small businesses sometimes things go wrong or something didn't happen and or a vendor didn't pay them in time and therefore it like trickles down to me and so i have invoices that are due you know 30 60 90 days plus and so that's another issue is cash flow is Mm -hmm. how can i you know price things that will make my business run and how can I, you know, cut places that I don't need? There's been so many times, at the, especially at the very beginning, yeah. where I'm like, okay, I have to pay my, my team member. And I'm like, okay, but there's four invoices that would do that would have paid that and then some. But I don't have that because whatever, this didn't work out or this didn't work out. And they're late and they're on vacation. And so I'm like, okay, let me go from my savings to, to yeah. you know, to sell them from my savings to my business and then sell it back and then I forget and then this and that and so that's I think a lot of entrepreneurs are scared to talk about money and they're like oh I'm doing great I'm doing great and inside they're like I have no idea how I'm going to pay my vendors I have no idea what tomorrow's going to look like or I'm hoping that that check comes in today and that's been a struggle and that's I think that's something that a lot of small businesses struggle with too and so just being really good about that, making sure that you're operating within your means kind of goes back to what we talked about is making sure that you are growing incrementally. Mm-hmm. You're not like all of a sudden, like you go from this to that, and then it's a huge difference and you have no idea how to balance that. So those are probably with like some of the biggest struggles that I face almost every day at some point. Thank you for being honest with us. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've, in Agas, we never talk about finance yeah. because it's such a touchy so- yeah, sub- subject. And we, even though we'd like to talk about the wins, we don't like to talk, put out the dirty clothes, right? And yeah. like, let it seep. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, you talking about taking money from your savings to like pay your employees. Is there like, wow, like. And, and giving back the money to clients because you weren't able to deliver. Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm shocked, but also it's just, I feel like it's you, even though we've like, <laughs> we've, it's, we just met. Right. But sure. I feel like listening from, you know, your background and the mission and values of Havana and who you are as a person, I don't find that surprising. And yeah. I find that's very you. And I feel like. So even more genuine of like the work that you do and the services that you give. Thank you. Do you, for, in terms of financing, do you like, who do you go to like to, you know, have more, I 
feel like guidance because you're learning, you know, yeah. you, you, not only are you guiding small businesses, but I imagine who do you go to? We talked about the support system, yeah. but it's like, how do you, when you have those like doubts of like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. Who do you, who's there? Um, it's a mixture of people. There's my parents. My parents are again, like amazing people. They're so supportive. They, um, also, I guess they op- they've operated mm-hmm. several businesses. They're really good about finances. And also like, I do have, uh, I, I'm lucky enough to work out of a co-working space. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's about 40 to 50 micro entrepreneurs in that space and we're very collaborative it's very like i know everybody on that floor i know what everybody does on that floor and so that's been a huge support system is like okay even now like it's what february and Mm -hmm. taxes are due it's the first time i've ever done it like how do i do that who gets what w2 versus 1099 like do i have to get what do i pay in taxes like i don't know and so those those having that support system has been huge because they well maybe not everyone there works in marketing or or communications they've all have small businesses that have some point paid an employee and so that's helpful i do have an accountant who helps me here and there so that's been great and so i think another thing that i really vouch for is i'm a part of like probably somewhere between eight to twelve facebook groups on on facebook Mm -hmm that either uh, vary from niche like pr specific Mm -hmm. groups to just like women entrepreneurs to creatives and i love that space because no one there knows me as karina the ceo of ivana creative they just know me as karina martinez the girl who's on this group so i can ask anything and everything and i'm not judged and so i love that outlet because i can say hey um this happened or this is going on or this client said this, how do I deal with it? And so that's been a really good place. That's been helping me find with finances as well. And again, like I have a really good relationship with a lot of my clients. So sometimes I ask them like, Hey, how do I do this? Like, do you have a CPA that you could uh, refer me to? And I think that also goes back to the fact that I do work with a lot of small businesses. So at the end of the day, we're all here to help each other. And that's been, I mean, I know that was a long winded answer, but no, that's great. I love those type um, of answers. So yeah, I think that's, that's kind of an all encompassing, you know, different people for different things, but that's kind of mm-hmm. where I go. That's great. That's great that you're like in a co-working space and that the, everyone helps each other out. Yeah. And then that you have these groups, like the positive side of social media. I think yeah. I was talking about that the <laughs> other day of how, it, you know, there's negative things. There's negative and positive things in everything. 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 And but be, I think if you do good and you search for good, you're going to receive good, yeah. you know? And I think having those groups and I'm helping you out and you asking questions, not being judged. It goes all back to yeah, yeah. that being like cockiness of like, I can do everything. Yeah. And then you're like, shit, what if I'm being judged? Because <laughs> like, I'm asking this question, it might be obvious, yeah. but at the end of the day, you just have to take that away and just yeah. ask. That's the hardest thing sometimes is um just taking like a step back and wearing your humble hat and just saying i have no idea how to do Mm -hmm. this somebody help me and there's always someone there who can help you excellent and so it's been a year of you having your own business Mm -hmm. and being a micro entrepreneur in long beach and amazing to know that you're helping small businesses over there yeah so in september of 2019 you were elected president-elect of American 
Marketing Association. Association. Yeah. yeah. How did that happen? Oh gosh. Um, I think like so. I going back. So mm-hmm. one of the things that I always that I have learned in my career as an entrepreneur and even as just a person. Mm-hmm. I think my biggest strength is people and I love getting to know people. And so what's been really important in my growth is something I say is I, your net work is your net worth. So the more people that you know, the stronger entrepreneur you are, the, the more connections that you have, the more ability you are to grow. And I've never left a meeting, a coffee date that I didn't like learn something from somebody, get introduced to somebody who knows somebody or get hired and those are the three takes away so i've always been like really into interpersonal relationships so going back like i had been a, a member for a while and when there was an opportunity to potentially sit on the board um it was actually on accident i actually uh interviewed for a different position mm-hmm. just like a, a board membership for communications and it was the president his name is david who was like you know i i could put you in this communications role but like I just see something different in you. And I think that was like all I needed to hear. He's like, I think that you could actually be a way bigger, uh, uh, role in this, in this position or a a way better uh, asset Mm -hmm. in our team in this role. And so really the way that it works is that I sit as president elect for the first year and then next year crossing my fingers in July, I will take over as president. And so I will run that, that team from July to July. And so that was all like, and, and I was like, yes, I'll do it. Like, okay. It's been a huge learning experience, but it's been amazing. There's so many incredible marketers. There's so many incredible people. I've made really good friends through it. And there's a lot of also entrepreneurs and it's also a really great space to ask questions, to Mm -hmm. get to know people And because it is essentially like a volunteer board position, I have a lot of room to grow Mm -hmm. and to make mistakes almost like that I can afford. So if I don't do something right, it's not going to break my business, but I'll learn. And it's been, it's been great. You know, it's been, it's, it has been a time commitment, but I've learned a lot about what it's like to be a leader and what it's like to work with all kinds of different people and it's been yeah it's been lovely so for the listeners who have no idea what the american marketing association is can you share with us what does it do the mission and services that they provide to marketeers yeah so it's it's just a professional um, i guess network if you will and it's marketing professionals from the la area Mm -hmm. so we have anywhere from like cmos to recent graduates and it it's a number of different things it's a networking group of obviously different marketers and people who are interested in marketing it's also we do a lot of stuff around career development so we host workshops on you know how to build your brand how to you know build your resume we do a lot of stuff around like social like we bring some of the biggest cmos in the area to talk about their experiences and we just kind of act as like a resource and a network of people to kind of uh, build off and, and really just build better marketers mm-hmm. for the, you know, the LA area and for, and for the nation. And because especially being in LA, there's so many creatives, there's so many agencies, there's yeah. so many businesses. And so, and also there's just so many types of people, like there's backgrounds and cultures. And so it's really cool to have this network and this community of people 
that love to geek over like a really cool ad and um, a really great brand and a really good strategy and also share uh, different insights from different backgrounds and different roles. And for someone who is interested, who love, who works in marketing and may be interested in being part of this, how do they, you know, do they go to the website? Because I know there's like blog articles, there's like always news updates of like what's going on around the marketing scene. Like, but how is one part of this? Yeah, it's really easy. You just go on the website and there's, there's, talks about the different types of memberships if you have any questions you can obviously email me but there's a list of current events going on there's like all the different things that we stand for and so if you're looking to get involved just go on the website kind of learn a little bit more and then there's a place where you can uh, sign up to be a member Mm -hmm. or you know someone like myself will reach out to you and kind of give you a little bit more of what that would look like awesome so i want to go back to networking okay because that is a topic that I feel every young woman is afraid of. Yeah. And I myself, like many years when I was like in high school and in my early years of university, I was afraid of networking. I saw something as like bad and (laughs) I didn't want to abuse, you know, friendships and and because a lot of people see it that way. Right. But you said something about, you know, those connections and that, that bring, you know, every networking or, or coffee, you know, date, takes out something good there's a positive and i think changing your mindset is always good in terms of what what is networking so can you share some tips you you're a very extrovert person but can you share some tips to how to network and maybe change that mindset of being scared of it yeah i think don't ever be afraid to hear no or to hear silence Mm -hmm. i think we as humans like get scared to hear no or get scared to look foolish or look silly. And I'm not afraid of that. Like if there's someone that I want to meet, I'll email them. I'll find their assistant. I will DM them. And if they never get back to me, then they never get back to me. I think that you can learn from a lot of people. So just knowing, like going into a conversation, knowing the best outcome. Is it something that you want out of them? Is it something that you want to learn from them? Is it something, is there a person that they know that they maybe you want to meet? And I think just like, it, I think with networking, it's super important just to be yourself and it doesn't have to be super professional. It could just be really simple. It could just be coffee, getting a coffee mm-hmm. with somebody that, that you think can help you. Mm-hmm. That's networking. It doesn't have to be like, Oh, I'm in this, I'm in this, like, how can I help you? And I think that people think of networking as very transactional. Yeah. It's like, I need to go to this event because I need to get four business cards because that will do this for me. And it's like, no, business is relationships. If anything I've learned, business is relationships all about who, you know, and Mm -hmm. the impressions that you've left. And so just saying like, Hey, like, what do you do? Okay. Oh, I live in, you know, X, Y, and Z. And it doesn't always have to be like leading with your foot forward about business or about what you do. Networking could just be like making a friend at a coffee shop who has a similar interest and maybe you work on cool things together. Yeah. I, I've recently gotten into the habit because going back, like I just believe that the more people you know, the, the more empowered you are and, and the better, you, you know, like the better community that you're building. So every day now, since the beginning of the year, I make it a point to find somebody that I want to meet or find somebody that Mm -hmm. I would like to meet. And I either like DM them on Instagram or send them an email or connect with them on LinkedIn and just shoot them a message like, Hey, 
you know, I see what you're doing. I would love to learn more about what you do. And I think kind of going back to that, when you approach a networking from what you can learn instead of what you can get, that's really important. Yeah. Because people see right through that. Like the pitch, the emails that I don't respond to are the ones like, Hey, I can grow your Instagram by five times. I'm like, no, No. like I don't want to, but it's like, Hey, um, you know, my name is so-and-so I just moved to long beach. I'm a new photographer and I would love to learn more about your business. That's what I respond to. Yeah. So when you stop asking yourself like what you can give instead of what you can get, that's when you start to network a lot better. Yeah. Be authentic. Like you said, it's so easy. Like just, I mean, maybe not easy, but like just be yourself. Yeah. Really is what it boils down to. Yeah. Excellent. And I want to talk now, let's go back to Avant the Creative and the services that you provide to micro businesses, because we talked about the mission and values of it. But what is, what do you do and how do you guide these businesses in Long Beach? Sure. Um, So we work under the umbrella. So we're primarily a PR and branding Mm -hmm. agency. So for PR is traditional. So press release, media kits, pitching, media relations, social media is kind of under the same umbrella. We do events. So if it's like a launch event, if it's um, some sort of like influencer thing, anything that has to do with like how you tell your story as a brand essentially that's kind Mm -hmm. of what we do the things that we don't really do are um like any type of paid media that's just Mm -hmm. not the game that i know how to play and i know enough to tell people like this is what you need i can't help you but i know people who can and i think that also goes back to making sure that you know what you're good Mm -hmm. at and what you're not good at and then finding people who are good at it so that you can point them in the right direction and then on the branding side, which kind of I accidentally fell into, I don't, I don't really have a ba- branding background, if you will. But when I left to start doing PR, I got a lot of people asking me for PR. Like, can you put me on this? I want to be on here. Like, I want to do KTLA. I want to do this. And I'm like, okay, great. Let's sit down. Let's, okay, what's your mission statement? Oh, no, I don't, I don't have one. Okay, okay, that's fine. Like, where's your, um, your branding guidelines? Oh, well, you know, I hired this person on Fiverr to do my yeah. logo. I'm like, okay, well, what does your logo mean? Oh, well, you know, it's just, it's my, purple is my favorite color. Yeah. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Let's take a step back. And so that's kind of how it all fell because I think of branding. Branding is a story and PR is how you tell a story and where you tell a story. Mm -hmm. And you can't tell a story that doesn't exist. And so I didn't feel comfortable pitching these people if their brand was not found, like there wasn't formed and Mm -hmm. it didn't have all the right touch points. Um, so on the branding side, we work obvi- like obviously the design side of it, like the logo creation and all that fun stuff. But even more so what I love is your who, what, where, like all of that. Yeah. Like, who are you? Who is your target demographic? What is that you want to be? What are your goals of the business? What's the story that you're telling? Because I believe that people buy from people. People don't buy from products. So when you tell a really good story, um, that's when you have a really good brand. And all of everything that you do, everything that your people, your target audience, your clients, your customers see has to be a representation of that story somehow. And so that's what's most important. That's what I love to do because that's, that's the business. Like yeah. that's the very beginning of a business. And so I love working on that. Like, okay, let's sit down, let's figure this out and then we can do the fun stuff and we yeah. can get you here and we can get you there. And so that's kind of what we do. The goal goes back to being authentic and being you because you're right. People don't buy, they may like the product, 
but they stay with you and they continue to buy the product because of you and who you are and what you represent and the values that you have. Yeah. I mean, especially, especially now in this generation where we Mm -hmm. have every information at our fingertips, it's so important to be authentic. Mm -hmm. It's because your customer, your clients, whoever they will see right through that. If you say you're one thing on your website and you're doing something else, it's going to come off really, um, it's people, people are just not going to buy from you. They're they're just not. Yeah. And let's talk about recently a a few days earlier before you talked in front of over 200 Latinas at the Hispanas organized for political equality, which spells out hope. I love that. And can you share with me, you know, going to talking in front of, 200 people that must have been scary in terms of public speaking but what were the topics that you covered and you know how do you feel after doing that wow uh yeah so it was i think i I mentioned to you very briefly Mm -hmm. i got asked um really last minute the person that was supposed to speak um had dropped out like 24 hours less than 24 hours before and so i got a meeting i got an email from somebody who asked me to speak and i was like immediately yes uh, so this organization organization puts on something called Latina Empowerment Day, and they talk, you know, about different topics around Latinas, around how, ways to get involved, ways to empower your community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my particular topic, I sat on a panel that talked about micro-entrepreneurship and micro-businesses. And really what I was asked is really similar to what you're asking me about my experiences, my learnings, my lessons, my challenges. And it was the first time that I've ever spoken so to like such a broad audience and I was low key terrified, but it was amazing. And I think going back to what I said is that there, I I wasn't the first time ever I was in a room with Latinas from all over the world that come from all different types of backgrounds. And it was so cool to just be in that room and just see so many different versions of Latinas doing amazing things. And, um, I mean, I left that feeling so empowered, mm-hmm. feeling so, uh, just like, I think it's also one of those moments, like you asked, like, what are the moments that make me feel good? Yeah. And after it was over, I had so many people just saying really nice things about the way like that I presented it, the way that I talked, the, how open and transparent, how inspiring I was. Um, and it was one of those moments like, okay, I'm on the right track. I yeah. can do this. And one of the things that really stood out to me that I, um, love and is that, um, I am from the LGBTQ community and I said that in my panel and there were two women after who came up to me and they said, um, you know, thank you so much for saying that you, you know, you never know who's in the room. And the fact that you said it so vocally, mm-hmm. like makes me feel really comfortable in my own skin and it makes me feel really good. And, um, you know, like they, these people coincidentally had just come out and they were like, it's so nice to see people on that stage who of our own community as well. And that's the stuff that makes me feel really good. And yeah. it's because growing up, I didn't have that. I didn't have women on TV or politics or sports or this or that, that look like me. And so it's so important for me to, to lead yeah. in that sense. Provide that representation. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, I know as a minority, it's, it's tough yeah. finding that representation. Yeah. And when there's like a certain representation that's very stereotypical, it's yeah. like, mm, it's very off-putting. Yeah. So I imagine being part of the LGBT community, even not even having that first yeah. representation as a Latina mujer yeah. and being queer. Yeah. So, and what you're doing now being 
helping your community of Long Beach of the micro businesses, but also helping and guiding, being you know, an inspiring figure to the LGBT community, yeah. being very obviously open about it. Yeah. So you you said earlier in the interview that not only are you wanting to help, not only do you help businesses, but you also help your community of you know. So can you share with me? Not only were you outspoken in this um, keynote, but what are the other things that you do besides your Avana Creative that you also help empower? Um, so I'm really big on mentorship. I love working with students. I love any chance that I get to speak. I'm always happy to take mm-hmm. um, to work with students and emerging professionals and emerging entrepreneurs. I love that. Um, one of my big goals is to teach at some point some way whether it's just part-time at a Mm -hmm. community college or a cal state or something like that so anytime that i get a chance to um host a workshop i love hosting workshops because i think power knowledge is power and so just knowing even the difference between earned media and paid media why when do you use linkedin and when do you use facebook and when do you use twitter and when do you not like those are all things that are so important uh so anytime that i get a chance to host a workshop to teach somebody i love that um again like i said knowledge is power so any i i think that when we have the tools to succeed we just are are better entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. or better people um and one of the things one of the goals hopefully this year that i get to achieve is i've always wanted to start some sort of like micro grant Mm -hmm. um and even more so than a grant i would love to take on a few businesses every year and provide them with a little bit of money but even more so with the tools and the resources to succeed because money is one thing of course we all need it in a business to survive but if we don't know what we're doing and we don't know how to do it then money can only go so far so i would love to um, create some sort of mentorship program with a grant attached to it where we can lift up a small business and give them the tools and the capital or a little bit of capital to kind of lift themselves up and and get going. Amazing. So it's great that because, you know, this year of having your own business and learning what you're good at and learning to say no in certain projects and certain clients, but you're also finding because of these mistakes and these lessons, you also found out that you want to do this and then that you want to help and continue giving yeah. you know more opportunities yeah so can you share with us any like the upcoming projects that you have planned for this year yeah um so something i'm really excited about is uh, a project called latina lunas mm-hmm. and hopefully uh we're in the process of hopefully launching that sometime in mid-march and going back to what i said is growing up i didn't have a lot of latinas that looked like me that um were in the spaces that i wanted to be and so I want to start sharing that narrative and spreading that word of Latinas just doing cool things and it's like badass things. Yeah. I think there's a lot of doom and gloom associated with our culture these days and there's a lot of negative energy, if you will. And I think it's time to start just lifting each other up and like these are the women who are doing amazing things and whether it's a politician, a scientist, uh, an athlete, a director, you know, um, those are the things that we need to start talking about. And so Latina Lunas, hopefully, um, I hope for it just to start off as just something small, an initiative that Avana Creative kind of empowers, and we use that resource. Every Monday on Lunas, obviously, we'll, we'll yeah. highlight a different Latina. We're going to interview them, throw that like lit interview on our website in a tab. Um, and then the goal long-term would be to create a newsletter every Monday that goes out with 
highlighting this one particular Latina and then maybe some other things that are going on either locally or nationally that Latinas are doing Mm -hmm. that are great. And maybe even one day like having its own website and its own identity. Um, The the logo um, says Latina Lunas and then at the bottom it says Somos Unas. Oh, perfect. Um, Because I believe at the end of the day we're all one and we're all, we are all here to support each other and we are all here to lift each other. And when we work together and, you know, hold our hands yeah. side by side, we're just a way better force. And we need to start doing that even more. Exactly. Very well said. And I'm excited for Latina Lunas and Thanks. to learn more about <laughs> Latinas because I feel but maybe it was because with social media, we find even more women like us. Right. Yeah. But before it wasn't that case. So and I love that instead of complaining, we're like you know what okay we're doing this we're creating we're sharing our our stories you know and different perspectives and the work that you know we do because it's it's important to find ourselves reflected absolutely and i think the biggest way like the the biggest way that we can support latinas is one sharing their stories Mm -hmm. sharing their businesses sharing their ideas but we vote with our wallets yeah so when we buy from a latina when we vote with a latina when we you know, support a Latina, donate to Latina stuff. Like that's really what makes change is when we put our money where our mouth is yes. and we support them. But how can we support Latina businesses and organizations if nobody knows about them? Mm-hmm. So creating that ripple effect and getting out there and sharing it. But then also when that's shared, like when you're going to go buy coffee, buy it from a Latina. Yeah. When you're going to buy a new shirt, buy it from a Latina. When you're going to buy whatever, or you're going to donate, mm-hmm. donate to a Latina organization because that's what really makes the change. And that was really what makes us better. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. And now that we've had this lovely conversation, I I think this is one of my favorite. I'm going to be honest. This is one of my favorite episodes. Oh, nice. I feel like I learned a lot. (laughs) Cool. So, you know, if you had the opportunity to time travel back, maybe a week ago or when you were six years old, whatever age you like, and knowing what you know now and like those mistakes, those lessons and you know, the life that you had. And if you had to say something to Karina, what would you say to her? Oof. Um, I, I, I would say that it's going to be okay. I, I think that I went through some dark places mm-hmm. of being unsure of who I was. And I would say that you're, you're going to be okay and you're going to be happy. And to keep going and to be proud of it, proud of yourself. And in all honesty, like, I think that there isn't much that I would change between then and now. I think it's maybe who I am. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest thing is I would just say, smile, keep your head up, and just keep going. It's going to be okay. Perfect. And I'm happy that what you're doing right now and having your own business, and you mentioned that you were maybe in a dark, you were in a dark place, and now you're out of it. And thank you for what you're doing. I genuinely, you know, I'm so proud of what you do and the projects that are coming for this year. Thank you. And I think it's just inspiring because other young little girls who are Latinas, who want their own businesses, who are queer, when they see you doing what you're doing right now, they have the inspiration, motivation to go on. Anyone can do it. Si se puede. Like, si. if you have any questions, please email me. I'm always happy to help other people or guide them to the mm-hmm. right 
um, we need to help each other and that's that's how we that, that's how we grow yeah so where can our listeners follow you and reach you where can they follow Havana sure and where can we find Latina Lunes so um, Havana you can find we're most active on Instagram so mm-hmm. it's just Havana Creative A-V-A-N-A Creative on Instagram um, our website is com, and um, Latina Lunes will hopefully launch through the Havana Instagram mm-hmm. and website I think our launch day is somewhere mid-March um, and yeah those, those are the places on social media that we're most active and hopefully like I said this will have its own identity yeah. and newsletter at some point but for now we kind of want to just test the waters see how well it goes and then um, hopefully I can put a team behind this and really elevate it yeah awesome well thank you so much Karina this was so great I love this <laughs> and I'm happy that we recorded this episode today you know it was meant to be yeah, and absolutely thank you thank you so much and Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you are inspired to take on your own path. And like Karina said, si se puede. And if you want to, you know, reach out to her and ask her any questions in terms of opening up your own business or maybe want to hire her for her services. And like she said earlier, you know, hire Latinas, you know, pay them. And if you're a business that needs marketing services, I think she is the best option for you. She is genuine and badass and she knows what she does <laughs> thank you thank you so you can follow AS on instagram at e-double-l-a-s the podcast or you can email me at as the podcast at gmail.com if you want to share your story be a guest here please let me know i would love to have you as a guest and you can follow me at bren underscore j-a-i that's b-r-e-n underscore j-a-i and thank you so You can listen to a new episode in two weeks. Gracias. Bye. Bye. I'll be attending this year's PodFest conference in Orlando, Florida on March 6th through the 8th. If you're a fellow Latina podcaster, please reach out to me through email or my Instagram. I would love to connect and meet with you and have you on the show. So let's meet up and I can't wait to see you. Adios. If you've been listening to AS for a while, You know that I'm a big supporter of providing a platform for Latinas to share their stories and inspire current and future generations of women. With that said, I'm looking to get this podcast into the lives of more amazing Latinas just like you. You can help by going to Apple Podcasts and write a review. Tell me what you think and leave any number of stars. It would mean the world to me. Thank you in advance. AS is produced, hosted, and edited by me, Brenda Hernandez Jaimes. And thank you to Shro who created the podcast theme song, Sunken Streets. You can download this track on freemusic.org or listen to him on Spotify, YouTube, and follow him on Instagram. This is Say Yes.